In UK schools, children get to do their D of E, or Duke of Edinburgh Award, a project which teaches them outdoor skills. My D of E camping experience was very different, because as a result of a head injury sustained getting out of the minibus, I believed I was the Duke of Edinburgh. I inspected a tree and asked a fox what it did, believing for all the world that the forest floor was a state-of-the-art car manufacturing base, which I had been called upon to open. Three nights I was there, chatting with a bin about my time in the Royal Navy. I wrote an article about this recently for Delusional Aristocratic Head Injuries Monthly. The experience forged in me a no-nonsense attitude to camping. I swore never to promote the faddish notion of paying over the odds to sleep in a field, and I set out my objections in a forthright blog post, Cold Glamping with Mike Prowse. So when I received an email offering me 400 quid to make a podcast about a brand new glamping startup, I immediately deleted that blog post and said yes. Mike Prowse, the holiday man who does things on his own. Glamping is a so-called portmanteau word, like brunch. It fuses together the words Glamorgan and Deng Xiaoping and was coined following the visit to Wales of the Chinese Premier in 1982 with his 14 ornate golden tents. Locals still recall with fondness the communist leader's evening spent playing snooker in the Plough and Harrow pub with an impressive run of 101 breaks. At the end of his stay, he was contacted by a computer programmer who pointed out that inputting those breaks as a blind binary code in his home computer had resulted in the screen flashing the words Deng Xiaoping. Astonished by the coincidence, Deng fled the country. Listeners in Glamorgan will know that aside from glamping, the trip also spawned a series of well-loved phrases. These include a total denger, meaning an unusual coincidence, and my own favourite, to go back to the fancy tents. Being so shocked at the result of a sporting fixture that you want to go home. The golden tents of the Chinese tyrant were, of course, more glamorous than, say, calling yourself a duke and curling up to sleep next to a dead badger in the belief that it's Her Majesty the Queen. But I admire any entrepreneur who can get away with charging the cost of a night in a Premier Inn for access to a shed in a field. The entrepreneur who emailed me is Hakiro Shen, Brixton data guru turned investor who hit the headlines in March when he paid a corrupt newspaper sub-editor to make up a headline about him. His latest venture is called Opulent Glamping, and the brochure is heady stuff. Imagine yourself suspended in a crystal offering panoramic views of a field which scientists agree is the flattest in the UK. Your decanter is cooled by a bucket of chilli crabs. Eat them or leave them be. The strawberries are prepared and my attendant goon will buff up your spoon. This is the level of luxury awaiting me as I review Hakiro Shen's opulent glamping. 
This week's edition of the Mike Prowse Solo Travel Podcast is brought to you by Ballard Megaphones. In the office, down the pub, or at the dinner table. Win any argument with a Ballard Megaphone. I'm making my way along the forest track to Hekiro Shen's opulent glamp site, where I and a host of other travel podcasters will be spending the weekend. I've undergone three retinal scans, passed two armed security guards and given a DNA sample to the aforementioned attendant goon, Bernard. He's scanned my brain and it's creating a data set of everything I desire. He's handing me the piece of paper. Thank you, Bernard. Let's see if they've got the measure of me. Apparently, I want the immediate removal of Bernard from this glamp site. Well, it may be awkward, but it's also uncanny. The Wi-Fi code was two letters long. Perfect. And the half-full waterbed was an undulating nightmare, just as I like it. But Bernard remained. This, to me, was not solo travel. And apparently, the Employment Rights Act 1996 means you can't be sacked because a stranger's brain scan doesn't like you and I'll be raising this with my MP. It wasn't the only disappointment of the day. My glamping pod wasn't so much the crystal mind sheath I'd been promised, more of a ditch. And what Hakiro's brochure described as a retractable star canopy could also have been called a tarpaulin. Well, I'm actually quite shaken now. I've left the ditch, having told Bernard I wanted to complain about the fact that the toilet did not have a flush because it was a hollowed-out tree stump. He suggested I follow Opulent Glamping's complaint procedure, which is to write it on your cock and show it to a minister from the Department of Giving a Shit. This is not the procedure, and I'm not even sure that's a real government department. I was worried about taking this up with Bernard, He was in a bad mood because the field had been aggravating his hay fever. He was six foot nine and wore a balaclava, under which he popped a steady stream of antihistamines. But he was alert enough to point at me, and then at the ditch, declaring I was a parasite who should get back in the mind hovel. And what is so frustrating is that I can see the other travel podcasters having a brilliant time. Tandy Brewster over there in a hammock made of saffron, Jim Sanderby of the Travelling in a Really Big Group podcast, who is an idiot, having the world's most expensive plum. And Samantha Parsley of Travel Quick Go Solo pod getting fanned with palm leaves by Joanna Lumley. I'm going to find Hakiro Shen and I'm going to demand some opulence. Hi Steve, how did you get your points about this quarter's slightly improved growth figures across so clearly? It's easy! I did it with this! What is it? It's a Ballard Megaphone! Get smart. Get heard. Get one. Ballard Megaphones. The Mega Megaphone. Hakiro Shen's data empire was founded in the mid-noughties, back when Facebook was a fun way to keep in touch with friends, and not your grand go-to alt-right meme palace. It was a rocky start. 
he had worked out that you could harvest information by asking players of the game Farmville multiple choice questions. But he quickly realised most of them would never actually run a real farm, so his 10,000 terabit dataset of preferred fertilisers, crop yield expectations and long-range soil fertility forecasts was useless. But the cash came rolling in when he switched to measuring which web adverts really made us click, selling back that information to the big four, the firm's tech experts call FANG. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix and Gary.com, the website for Gary's. Right now I'm hiding in the shack where Joanna Lumley stores her palm leaves. I did leave the ditch and insist on talking to Hikiro, but this time Bernard was less cryptic. He said if I asked to see Hikiro Shen again, he would smash my face in. And if I didn't ask to see Hikiro Shen again, he would still smash my face in, but in a different way. And that's when I dived in here. But I've been through worse. I didn't survive three days in a forest thinking I was the Duke of Edinburgh to go out like this. Time to put a plan into action. Here we go. I had realised that my salvation lay in my current sponsors, Ballard Megaphones. Due to its handy shoulder strap and lightweight construction, I had entirely forgotten I had one with me. Bursting through the skylight of the shack, I stood tall on the roof and declared... Travel podcast brethren, come to my aid. This is not opulence. Prowse is under attack. Bernard is a maniac. My life is at risk. My life is at risk. At that point, the megaphone lost all power and Ballard's shoddy manufacturing methods became all too clear. As the handle sheared off laterally from the central bell, no travel podcasters stirred, and slowly Bernard shook his head and advanced towards me. It made perfect sense. Again, my destiny was to go solo. Dropping down from the roof of the shack, I ran full speed at Bernard. Even with his balaclava on, I could tell he was shocked especially when I reached out to my left and grabbed Tandy Brewster's saffron hammock. He was big but slow, and I fainted to my right before managing to wrap the beautiful-smelling hammock around his head, and with his hay fever, the stark reality of being encased in a woven mesh of plant stamen was too much to bear. Bernard fell to his knees, tearing at the hammock, sneezing and clawing at his face. He ripped off the balaclava to reveal the face of Hakiro Shen. In a sense, life's like a data company. You read the signs, make a judgement call, have lunch breaks, I'll leave that there. As Hakiro Shen kicked off the boot stilts that increased his height by a foot and wiped £34,000 worth of saffron from his face, I begged him, Why had he lured me here? Why demean me in front of my peers? He explained that he had always loved nature. He was nourished by the forest and the trees. And it was during a relaxing woodland walk 25 years ago as a teenager that he encountered the Duke of Edinburgh, who profoundly patronised him, reached for a handshake and told him 
that he was doing a really good job. This run-in with the establishment white male patriarchy sickened him. After this, there was little joy in nature for Hakiro. He retreated into a world of computers, delving deeply into data. And it all came flooding back three weeks ago when he spotted a copy of delusional aristocratic head injuries in a gum clinic. And there was my face. Enraged at the memory, Hakiro set the trap and I walked straight in. Blinded by my desire for opulence, I assured him I had no recollection of our encounter, and there remains a chance that his run-in was with the actual Duke. But no amount of data can unpick the truth. Was it really the Duke of Edinburgh? Or was I, in fact, a possibly concussed simulation of the racist Duke? Just in case, I apologised. And in a gesture of reconciliation, Hakira repaired my Ballard megaphone and called upon me to address the podcasters. I'm sorry, I was concussed. I hope I was not a racist duke. This was a regrettable time in my life. It was an accident. Solo travel may not be the only travel. Hay fever can be very serious. I don't believe I was a racist duke, but the possibility alarms me. It may have all been a total denger. Announcement. Occasionally material dates badly when a noted individual referenced in a podcast subsequently dies. It has not been my intention to offend. This podcast was recorded before the death of Tandy Brewster. Thank you.